Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, hello and welcome to the last in the current series of Countryside here on Manx Radio with myself, Simon Clark. On this week's Countryside, I took a trip to the St John's Produce Show to speak to some of the people, Audrey Corrin. She's always there with her jam and preserves and uh, keeping a close eye on who's been winning what. And also spoke to Dan Cork as he was the winner of the Victoria Sandwich made by a man. And also Sue Staley, the chairman of the St John's Produce Show. So a very successful and colourful event it was as well. Peter Quell tells me the latest latest news about the marts that have been happening, how sales have been. He's the auctioneer at the Central Marts at Nokalo and uh, telling me how, I suppose, he gets a general feel of uh, what sort of mood the farmers are in and how optimistic they are for the winter months, of course, with the, well, changing and unpredictable weather that we've had during the summer months. And also we find out uh, the latest news about Dutch elm disease here on the Isle of Man from the Dutch elm disease coordinator for the forestry side of DEFA, Jimmy Lee, and uh, the government and DEFA particularly uh, reminding the public about the see it, snap it and send it, which will give you more details throughout this programme. All of that is in this week's Countryside, so sit back and enjoy. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, first, on this week's Countryside, it's been a a trying time for the local industries involved in market gardening, vegetable production and cattle, sheep and also crop here on the Isle of Man with the farmers. Well, to find out how sales had been recently at the Central Marts held at Nokalo at Patrick, I spoke to the auctioneer, Peter Quayle. But firstly, he'd been auctioneering at a different kind of auction. We did an auction for a complete construction down at Balfane. It went reasonably well. I think there's bargains for everybody, but something sold pretty well, and it went as well as we could have hoped. So there was lots of people there. It took quite a while. Lots a lot of, of farmers, items. was there? Yes, yeah. The farmers are always good to support. If there's any um, builders, materials, and any bargains about, farmers will generally be there. Yeah, they're not just turning up for a ski tarp them. No, they were some of our best customers, so we're quite pleased about that. It's uh, always a bit worrying when you do something outside sale and you get people from other industry, building industry and so on, and you're not sure of them for payments and so on, so it's, at least we know with the farmers. Yeah, well, it's been a, a few weeks since uh, we've spoken to you. How has things been on the, on the Central Mart, things with the direct link with the farmers? The marts have been a bit quiet. We've had uh, two or three in the last actual six weeks, maybe. Some cows and calves sold really well. We had a, a nice bunch in from uh, Brian Convig. I think that was his dispersal sale and Hereford Crosses, and they sold between 900 and up to 1500 for a cow and a calf. Right. Really nice stock. We've also had a couple of other sales, um, just people are just a bit tentative as to knowing what the future is and how long the winter's going to be and what feed they have, so that's going to be an, an unknown quantity, so it's just made people slightly wary. Uh, we had a big sheep sale for uh, Creas at Balaglani, that went quite well, sold lots of sheep and pretty decent prices, they were maybe down a little bit, the tops were down a little bit, which uh, we've got another top sale coming on the 19th and sheep sale as well, so just hope that everybody gets their share. And we've also got quite a few cattle coming in on tomorrow, which is the 5th 
at Nokalo, which are some good cows and calves in from Dan Christian and some cattle and also some lambs from uh, Howard Kelly. So we've got a, a nice mart on that day. You do get a chance before and after, I suppose, Peter, to have a chat with the farmers. I mean, it's been a tough all year weather-wise, although are they still talking about it? Yes, well, I think we had the worst, wettest, longest winter for such a long time, and the fields were so wet, crops were late going in, and then it just dried out so quickly. So it's been a knock-on effect, and then a lot of the crops have been quite disappointing, down a third or a half in some stages, especially some of the potatoes on the north. I think they've been hit pretty hard. I don't think they're even worth picking. After putting a lot into the seed, the potatoes, and the amount of fertiliser they put on, the growing, the care, and then to get nothing, it's just, well, it's almost unknown. Is, is that the dry bit? The, the, the um, potatoes need good water, don't they? They need water. Yeah. Everything needs water. Every, everything needs a drink. I mean, some of the places maybe in the middle of the north, have, and especially some of the crops put in late, maybe got a little bit more water, and, and some crops, are, you know, they're doing okay. But it's not, you know, we've had plenty of rain at the moment now, but it's going to be February, March when the fodder situation will be um, quite scary because it could be difficult to find any other hay or silage to buy on the island and it's not going to be the situation away in the UK is very similar. So I don't know where the fodder might come from if we do have a, a difficult winter. But nature balances out in the Farmers are eternally optimistic and hopefully if we get a nice autumn, things might just balance out and we just need a, a late good autumn and a, a nice early spring, which would certainly help everything. What about the, the harvest? What's the, the sort of general chat about that? Some of the grain is well down. The grains are quite small and some of them are not, they're actually going through the combine and then you haven't got the feed value as well. And then the straw situation in some places is well down by half. So that's the biggest concern. But the hay and the silage, it's growing well at the moment. If conditions stay decent and farmers are able to make a late cut of silage, then that will certainly help. But when you've got, especially the dairy farmers and the big beef farmers, with two or three hundred cows, they take an awful lot of feeding and uh, some of them are really concerned. As the auctioneer at the Central Marts, I suppose you see a knock-on effect with that with people, like you said, a little bit tentative to buy more stock because maybe they, they haven't got enough feed to, to keep them going. Things have changed and we're hoping as the autumn approaches and we look forward to the autumn suckler sale that there will be, things will look a bit better if people have had a, a decent cut of silage. It would be impossible to make hay this time, but uh, the silage in bales would be, just help them make up their winter ration. So and people have sort of cut back as much as they can on, on uh, anything that's unproductive. And there has been quite a lot still going away, which we do rely on that bit of trade as well. The uh, meat plant can't cope with everything. So it's a fine balance, but it's not much between a feast and a famine on the Isle of Man. And we just have to wait and see. Of course, the, the equine side of things as well, the equestrian side of things uh, with the horses, I mean, are they sort of a little bit worried about hay? and Because obviously you've got a fairly good quality hay for, for a lot of the horses. Well, I have heard people concerned about where they're going to get it from, but they are in a position to um, pay considerably more and make it pay, and it doesn't particularly worry them if the bale costs £20 or £40, whereas you cannot make it pay for livestock at those higher prices. So all in all, uh, it's been a, a tough year so far, but uh, you seem to be given the vibe that the farmers are a little, 
optimistic. A lot of them are family farm and they can live on very little. They work hard and I uh, don't think they need too much to keep them going, some of them. I don't think people would understand how, how they do get through with what they make from farming and that's why a lot of the farms do have some sort of other income that helps support them or a hard-working wife at the background or what the family farms take some beating they're just amazing not just animals and things that you're involved with in the auctioneer occasionally we have their machinery sales we always have one in february or early march but we have had one or two inquiries about the machinery sale in the autumn so we're just considering that we've got a few ideas so if anybody has got anything we can have another machinery sale so that would be something to look forward to maybe so that will be uh, all news in due course for that one yes keep an eye on the website and um, look forward to seeing people auctioneer at the central marts at Nokalo in patrick peter quail uh, telling us about how the recent marts have been and uh, the forthcoming ones as well and uh, remaining pretty optimistic obviously getting a good chance to chat to people that are hard at work on the farms and as he rightly said there a lot of them involved in family farms for many many years and uh, keeping them traditions going with the hours that they have to do but uh, we'll soon see as the uh, winter months come in to see how the feed lasts over the winter well, the weather's also been causing concern for the forestry division of DEFA, particularly with the relaunch of the See It, Snap It and Send It to try and combat the spread of the Dutch elm disease here on the Isle of Man. Well, Jimmy Lee is the Dutch elm disease coordinator for the forestry division of DEFA and Catherine Nicholl caught up with him to find out more about the disease. And firstly... What is it? Dutch elm disease is a fungal disease that affects the elm trees on the island. It's been here since the 1992 when we got the most virulent strain and we've been fighting the disease or trying to control the disease ever since. So far with the disease we've lost approximately 1% of our elm to the disease and put that in basic terms is we have 250 to 300,000 elm on the island and we've lost 1% of them over the last 20 nearly 30 years so we are stifling the disease but we aren't quite on top of the disease as I should say so so there has been a bit of a flare-up this year we've had a, a few new sites that we hadn't actually had in the past we still have a line approximately if you run a line across the island from just south of Patrick across to just south of Douglas that everything north of there we've had disease in the past few years anything south of there we've only had the odd instance and last time we had disease south of that line would have been um, before the year 2000. Right, so this year is the weather really is causing you a problem? The weather's caused a lot of problems especially with the um, with the disease itself and the the flight days of the beetle but also because our main sanitation felon program our main way of dealing with the disease is actually fell and burn the timber we haven't been able to burn the timber because of the hot weather if we started having fires everywhere there'd be one there'd be an outcry and two would there'd be plantations set on fire because the fires are that big now how do people identify the disease what we're asking people to do is to actually look out for any yellowing in the trees now in an elm tree throughout the summer it'll be lovely perfectly healthy green throughout the crown if it starts off or gets infected by the disease it'll start yellowing one part of the crown and then it'll spread throughout the rest of the crown 
if we can identify this fairly quickly and fairly early, we can then actually start to save a tree as what's happened into the, the largest elm, of course, in Milntown, with the lads down there spotting the disease soon and there was only a small amount of the disease in the tree, we actually cut back and we cut back to beyond where we found the staining and we've hopefully saved that tree. And what's the procedure when a tree is reported? What, what action do you then take? If a tree is reported and suspected of having the disease, we'll go out and have a look at this tree. If we then think it's the disease is there, we'll sample the tree, check for the stain under the bark. If we find that the disease is present, we then have to arrange for the felling of the tree and get that moved to a burning site, and then we actually burn the timber. Now, as well as felling the trees and burning it to, to eradicate it in that area, you're also working on a programme of prevention. Yes, yeah, we've just started. We've just got the, a licence now for doing an injection programme. We're hoping to start this for next summer. It's more of an experimental stage. It's been proven in Italy that it's worked and very successful there. So we've invested a little bit of money into the injection programme. We're going to start on that. It's basically injecting the trees with a fungicide. Hopefully the systemic fungicide will actually kill off the disease or protect the tree from the disease. This protection should last for anything up to 18 to 24 months. Is that quite an effective way of controlling the disease? It's going to be an effective way of preventing the disease getting into more immunity valued trees rather than going out and injecting all our trees because with 250 to 300,000 elm there is no way you're going to go out there and inject all those in one year so what you've got to do is you're going to have to look at the more immunity valued trees the larger elm trees on the island anything that's been there for 150 200 years you've got to look at these larger trees to try and protect them and what part do elm trees play in the island's tree population. Elm is approximately one quarter of the hardwood population of the island. It's the hedgerow tree, it's also in wood, small woodlands, so it's, it's going to be um, very important in that respect because you've got a quarter made up of elm, a quarter of sycamore, a quarter of ash and the last final quarter is your, your more beech, oak, limes, chestnuts and stuff like that. Jimmy Lee, the Dutch Elm Disease Coordinator for the Forestry Division of DEFA, talking to Catherine Nicholl. And uh, that see it, snap it and send it to DEFA. All you need to do if you suspect that a tree is suffering, you need to take a photograph of it and a description of its location or grib reference. And this can be sent via email to dutchelmdisease.defa at gov.im. Text message or WhatsApp on 490713 or report it on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Deffa Hills Forest Glens uh, or you can get all them details from the Deffa website. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, one of the events that everyone looks forward to in the summer at St John's is the annual St John's Produce Show. I went along to a spectacular display as I walked in the door and caught up with some various people inside. And firstly, I caught up with the chairman of St John's Produce Show, Sue Staley. Once again, people have turned out for us and uh, as you can see, the exhibits are plentiful and uh, colourful as well. And that's one thing that's noticeable when you walk in the Methodist Hall here at St John's is the way it's set out, which is quite splendid really because you've got the colour
colour of the flowers, the colour of the vegetables and the, the cakes and photographs in the other places? Yes, we uh, always have the vegetables down the centre of the hall with the flowers on the side and the confectionery on the other side and we feel like this is the best way to set it out. Well, how many years have you been involved in it now? Oh, I don't know. Safe to say? No, no, not <laughs> safe to say. <laughs> what keeps you interested in it? Have you, you got an involvement in doing stuff yourself in it? No, I used to, but I don't have time to do that now. But I do it because I feel that it's a good community event and it raises money for you know two local charities each year. This year our chosen charities are Beach Buddies Isle of Man, which I'm sure everyone will agree is a very successful charity and making a lot of difference to our island. And another, the other charity is Craig's Heartstrong Foundation, and they too are a charity that is making a lot of difference to the Isle of Man with placing defibrillators in lots of places. When do you choose the charities? Are a lot of people that come to the show sort of interested in way giving the money to? Yes, I think they, we get a good support because of the charities that we choose and we always like to choose a charity that's got some medical background to it and so hence the Craig's Heartstrong Foundation but I think that because we do choose local charities it does help us and does give us the support that we get. Well there's all sorts in the show as always and I mean things have moved on from all the shows I've been in recent years and tapestry can win, paintings can win, uh, flowers but this year the best in show is a selection of vegetables. Yes it is and it's from one of our well-known supporters Ian Watterson and um, it takes a lot to grow a good selection of vegetables you know not just one item but the collection overall and uh, Ian's done a sterling job. These people keep coming back year after year though and I mean do they talk about how difficult the year's been with weather-wise and you know you hear them beforehand I've struggled this year you know that it's not been a good growing year and then they turn up on the day with fantastic ones. <laughs> yes yes you do get a bit of that but in fairness it has been a hard year especially with the flowers because we've not had a, um, a lot of rain uh, even though it's drizzling out there now you know it's been a very dry summer so obviously the entries are down a little bit on flowers but yeah it's all good banter. What about the cake and confectionery section there that's always a, a well contested one because St John's has got this sort of legendary name in the in home cooking really hasn't it it has yes and there's always good family banter between all the families you know and especially the sandwich cake made by a man you know that's that's been particularly popular this year and who's the winner of that one this year the winner was daniel corkish and uh, he had a splendid uh, victoria sandwich very good and i should say really that daniel's done particularly well because his newborn baby is only two days old. Really? Yes. Oh, well, that's the nearly yes. the icing on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> but does it take a lot of organising, or are people pretty good to? They know the ropes, sort of thing. Now it does take a lot of organising, but I do have a good committee behind me, and we will start just after Christmas organising our 2019 show, and we'll get together and choose the charities, and then take it forward from there. What about the involvement in the younger generation with it? Because some of these shows are looked upon, and people think, oh, well, it's only the older ones that bother 
taking the time and growing the vegetables and flowers? No, not at all. No, we've got um, we've got a good following from our younger members. We're a really good following, um, particularly in the confectionery classes and the crafts. But also for the first time, I think allotments as well is encouraging the younger generation to go out and spend a bit of time outdoors and you know, not on their iPads, and uh, it's good to see. Well, let's have a word with the winner of this man's Victoria Sponge, Stan Corkus. Congratulations. It's uh, been a busy old time for you. When did you find time to make the cake? Last night. <laughs> last night at about 11 o'clock, because it took two attempts, because the first one I took out of the oven too early, so it flopped. Really? That one's currently at home, cut into quarters, and it'll be had with custard. <laughs> but you got the cake to celebrate, certainly. Two-day-old baby as well. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, they're here with us today. It's a family tradition we come to every produce so so we uh, start them off early but well, having the baby i mean it, i suppose you've had a bit of chance with cooking beforehand have you <laughs> yeah it's uh, my nana sylvia i used to cook with her when i was very little and it's, really it's one thing that i've carried on doing although i think the last time i cooked the cake was when i entered last year and i also won last year so uh, it's a bit of a family competition now to try and see who wins. So it'll be a year till they can take me on again. What about the the other blokes that enter it? Are they, they give it a ribbon or a bit of, a bit of rivalry in there? Is it? Yeah, yeah, definitely very much. So we all like a bit of family competition and. Uh, the excuse for them this year is that I've done a Vicky sponge with cream in and apparently Vicky sponge shouldn't have cream. Really? Yep. Just jam? Well, is that the argument Apparently now? it's just jam. However, the category is sponge cake made by a man is my excuse. So you can put what you like in it. You follow the rules. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the same That's argument it. in the bonnet yeah. competition, isn't it? <laughs> but what's the name of the new baby? Hugo Jensen. Right. He's around with the other half, but uh, lots of family here, so it's kind of one of them that you don't get to see him yourself. Is this the only one you're into? this show yeah yeah a lot of the family are involved in it so it's uh, good to come along show support and raise a bit of money for charity isn't it so yeah well congratulations on it all today well done thank you very much audrey corin you've been synonymous with taking part in uh, many of these shows but the st john's one's pretty close to your heart isn't it indeed it is and it's just so lovely to hear and see the people here today exhibiting and coming to support the show. It's so well run by the committee and the friends of the committee, so it's a pleasure to be involved. Now, you've had all sorts of items in the confectionery side of it. You've done pretty well, haven't you? Um, yes, I've got lots of exhibits in the jams and the pres- all the preserves and also the sweets as well. So really delighted today to win the best in the section with my strawberry jam. Really pleased. Homegrown strawberries or Manx ones though? Oh, definitely Manx ones, but picked by my own hands at Brian Moore's farm, Pick Your Own Farmer Duncan, and a delight they were to pick this year in the sunshine as well. Well, you often spoke to, to my old mate John Kenyuk as well for, for many years and walking up the lanes here and picking different fruits of the branches and the brambles and the blackberries yes. which you can use. And yes. I mean, how has it been of, of recent years? Can you still get out and about and get some things? Oh, definitely, yes. I still pick rose hips to make rose hip syrup for the winter. And uh, I picked some blackberries and made some blackberry jelly for the show and um, I've been out, um, will be out soon to pick some elderberries as well. So yes, still love going out and with my dog and finding the best places where the rose hips are and the hedges to pick. So they're still not quite ready to pick yet, but they soon will be. 
what about the rose hip? Just uh, let me and the listeners know what you can do with rose hip. Well, I make it into rose hip syrup, which uh, you just put your rose hips in a pan, chop them up first, and then stew them. Leave them for 10 minutes to cool, and then strain the juice, and then put them back in the pan and put another lot of water over the top boil them again, let them rest, and then strain them again. And so you get two lots of juice from the rose hips, and then whatever amount of juice you've got in water, you add uh, one pint of juice is one pound of sugar, and boil that, and then take the foam off, skim the foam off, and then put it into sterilized jars. Uh, I use bottles that I that I have, yes, sterilized bottles. And keep that for the winter then. It's good for you then for the winter. Do you have it like a medicine or um, something? Yes, I just usually take a little uh, sip of it in the morning and a little bit at bedtime and hope that it keeps me well throughout the winter. Well, it's good so for you. Well, it seems to be looking uh, well on it, so but it's But it's also lovely to put over ice cream as well. Buy some nice ice cream and uh, just drizzle it over ice cream. It's very lovely is rosehip syrup. Well, I think people are, are probably naive or surprised of, of what you can actually find in the countryside to, to make jams, preserves or jellies from. Yes, indeed. Yes, they're there out just for us to look and find and to know how to use them, really. A lot of people do pick blackberries, which is really great, and I love picking them and make a lot, a lot of people ask me for blackberry jam, but usually they like it seedless. So what I do is pick them and stew them and then press them through a sieve so it's not just the, the liquid jelly um, it's the pulp as well which gives the jam a little bit of body yeah. so seedless blackberry jam is um, one that's very popular for people to ask me for I've heard of people sieving it through pairs of tights and stockings and things. Yes. well I use uh, to make really good jelly and I've made some lovely apple jelly, crab apple jelly what I use, I put it through a, a normal nylon sieve first and then a second time I put it through a man's white handkerchief Really? and that really gets all the grainy little bits out that do go through a sieve and uh, I've got some super apple jelly here today that's uh, beautiful crystal clear and uh, just like a stained glass window and, and really? lovely rosy red as well <laughs> and it's won first prize uh, so I'm really pleased with that as well. You've won with some pickle as well. Yes. Is that, is that yes. difficult to make? No, beetroot you just chew. Uh, I cook my beetroot in um, a pressure cooker and then just leave it to cool and then just rub off the skin. I also like to use apple cider vinegar which I prefer than ordinary spirit vinegar and uh, that's very popular too and very very easy to make you can add a little bit of mixed pickling spice with it to the vinegar or you can add a little bit of sugar if you like your beetroot a little bit sweeter i think on this one today i've added a little bit of sugar rather than the pickling spice and so that's very very easy to make very easy to make again uh, enjoy supporting this thing like you said yes indeed it's a super show and they have super silverware for people to compete and lovely silverware that people have given over many many years and uh, just by the number of people in the hall today you can see how it's uh, well supported and uh, well run there's more to make though before the uh, winter comes is there oh yes yes i've got more blackberries to pick and uh, there's a cronkavody produce show and that's always popular too so I'll be putting a few preserves in there as well. So uh, that's also well supported. Up in the hills of Cronky. Yes, great fun up there. Great fun. Audrey Corrin telling me about the 
jams and preserves and pickles that uh, you can make and find all these ingredients just locally by walking down the lanes and uh, little footpaths here of the Isle of Man. Before that, the winner of the Victoria Sandwich Cake in the men's section, Dan Corkish. And firstly, I spoke to the chairman of the Isle of Man, St John's Produce Show, Sue Staley. Well, just a, another couple of shows to mention before we finish. The uh, annual show for the Onken Horticultural Society will take place on Saturday the 8th of September, starting at 2 o'clock. And uh, that's happening at Elam Family Centre, 2nd Avenue in Onken. And also the Kronkvody Plowing Society's 25th Produce Show and Big Spudway Inn. That's going to be held in the marquee at Balakagan Kronkavody by kind permission of the Cannon family. And that's happening on Thursday the 13th of September, opened at 3 o'clock by Mrs Sue Woolley. Plenty going on in there as well, lanket making and all sorts of stuff. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, there we are, this week's Countryside... The face is still drooling, looking at all those cakes and uh, scones and fudge that was all made and auctioned during the evening by auctioneer Lee Kane. And some of the people involved we were talking to there on this week's programme involving a very successful and colourful St John's produce show. Peter Quayle was there giving us the latest news from the Central Marts at Nokalo. He's the auctioneer there and gets a good feel from the farmers about how morale is and how the prices have been of course and how sales have been and with this particularly tricky summer that we've had getting a good idea of uh, how food stocks will be lasting throughout the winter months uh, which is always a, a little bit of concern uh, when the when the poor weather has been in and also we heard the latest news from the Dutch Elm Disease Coordinator for the forestry side of DEFA Jimmy Lee and don't forget all them details about uh, see it snap it and send it all the uh, information on what you can do take a photograph if you suspect a tree suffering from any sort of disease you can take a photograph send it into DEFA and uh, with a location on it and they'll be able to look further into that all the details on the DEFA website well that's it for this series of Countryside Kiri Komodo and myself Simon Clark will be back in November with more we just want to thank our producers over this series Catherine Nickel, also Sarah Hendy and Alex Bell as well but until November for the new series from me Simon Clark we'll see you then bye bye don't sit in the slow lane join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all new super fast plus broadband enjoy more bandwidth amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month so don't be left behind get a piece of the high speed action with super fast plus broadband from Shaw for details visit our stores in Douglas Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com love being sure. terms and conditions apply